welcome and thank you for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. In this insightful message, the Archbishop reveals the process of salvation and the disciplines needed to withstand the enemy and achieve your mandate. This teaching will challenge you to be persistent in pursuing your God encounter. Join the Archbishop at this year's Global Prayer Work Summit from the 19th to the 22nd of July in Connecticut, USA. Edify and empower yourself for a divine turnaround. Register now at ndwministries.org. Know today that this is God's word of revelation for you. Be empowered as you listen. Salvation is a process. Uh, You must understand that because if you don't understand that, you you can uh, easily fall by the wayside. And things can go wrong with you uh, because you have a wrong understanding of what salvation is. Everybody says salvation is a process. Everybody say, I was saved. I'm being saved. I shall be saved. See, it's a process. So what was saved? Your spirit. What is being saved? Your soul through the renewing of your mind. What shall be saved? Your body. When shall your body be saved when Jesus comes again. So it's a process. So this thing is not over until we are out of here. And that keeps you sober. That helps you to walk the straight and the narrow path. Because this mentality that I'm saved and I'm forever saved uh, is a very dangerous thing because it can make you live any way, anyhow and think that because you are saved you can just do anything and it's okay. No, it's not okay. Somebody say, I hear you. So let's begin our journey today as we look at some few things. Hebrews 10, 25. Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. You see, this scripture is heavy. It's heavy because uh, it's dangerous uh, for, for you to be on your own and not to be held accountable by anybody. It's very dangerous. And one of the things that really troubles me as a leader in the body of Christ uh, is this virtual Christianity now where people can hear the word and worship at the comfort of their homes and uh, don't come to church and they are on church online. They, they can uh, tune in to any uh, preacher and any message they want to, uh, but they are not accountable. Nobody holds them accountable. Nobody checks on them. But they are Christians, they are on their own. And they live anyway, anyhow, just do whatever they want to do and there's nobody uh, checking on them, holding them responsible or accountable of their lifestyle or anything. They are just left on their own. It's very dangerous because you can fall apart. You can fall by the wayside and not even knowing that you're falling because you are just on your own uh, and you're a member of the Universal Virtual Church of Jesus Christ. And uh, you are not committed to anything. You are not part of the family. You are not part of the uh, community. You are not part of the tribe. You are just on your own. You become a master of yourself and no one holds you responsible of anything. It's a very dangerous place to be. You can fall. You can, you can lose your salvation. It's just a matter of time because nobody is holding you accountable. Nobody is holding you in check. You are a master of your own, doing your own thing, and you can't do that. You have to follow the principles of the word. Irrespective of the times we live in, 
you cannot just be on your own. The organs of your body don't operate on their own. They are interconnected. And that is the way God did it. God never created an, anyone to be an island to themselves. We are all created in the image of God to be interdependent. We need one another. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, it's not about what you like and what, what, you, what you don't like, and it's not about what you believe or what you don't believe. It is what it is. Put your hands together and say, I hear And so hear me, as long as you live, uh, as much as is possible, try not to be alone. Uh, Samson was someone that was very gifted, skillful, intelligent, anointed, and the strongest man that ever lived, and yet he ended up dying with his enemies. Uh, and he died prematurely, did not finish his, his, his mandate, his assignment, God's plan for his life because he was a loner. Tell somebody, no, don't be a loner, don't be a loner. Tell somebody else, don't walk alone, don't walk alone. It's very dangerous to walk alone and to be alone. Some people say, well, uh, I, I'm just, I am just the way I am. I, I can never change. Uh, everything must change. That which doesn't change dies. You, you can't say I can't change. You can change. Don't, don't try to be alone. And that was what happened to Samson. His best friend ended up taking his wife after the honeymoon. His best friend, his best friend married his wife after honeymoon. Now that definitely is a friend without character. And definitely that is a friend without value. See, I hear you. And Samson died all alone because he was alone. And, and one of the most dangerous people uh, in life I have found is smart people, intelligent people, gifted people, anointed people. Those kind feels like they don't need anybody. They have this mentality and attitude. I'm gifted, I'm smart, I'm intelligent, I'm anointed, I'm strong, I don't need anybody. God, even God Almighty said, let us make man in our own image. Let us make my being say, let me. Even God Almighty needed to work with the Holy Spirit and the Son. And you just can't make it on your own. And that was Samson's mistake. It wasn't the weakness of Samson that destroyed him. It was his strength. He was so smart, so intelligent, he could survive on his own. Could fight a lion with an empty hands could handle anything on his own, and he felt like, I didn't need anybody. I'm good all by myself. Look at my achievement. That was what happened to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. He looked, he said, look at the palace. Look at, look at what I have built for myself. Look at me. I'm good. I've done it all by myself. I've achieved all of this on my own. And why is the worst one was in his mouth? The word of the Lord came down from eternity to town, said, King Nebuchadnezzar, you've been weighed and found one thing. From today, you go seven years. You find yourself among the beasts of the field for seven years. Until you acknowledge that the heavens do rule in the affairs of men. People that are smart, gifted, intelligent people are very dangerous people. Because they feel that they can always get away with anything. But I admire people who are wise. There's difference between being intelligent and being wise. Knowledge makes you wise. Knowledge makes you intelligent. Wisdom makes you wise. But wisdom is a product of the fear of God. You can never have God's wisdom if you don't have fear of God in you. Put your hands together and give God praise somebody. Somebody say, I hear you. So it's very important for you to accept. And the earlier you do that, the better you become in this life. Stop arguing with God. Stop trying to intellectualize and try to figure it out. 
you will never figure it out. This mind of yours is so tiny and little to try to, to, try to apprehend the, the things of God and the wisdom of God. Just forget it. it's not going to happen. Uh, faith, faith is of the heart and not of the mind. And, and you need to come to that place. You know, you need to come to that place where you accept by faith the wisdom of God, the instructions of the Almighty. And that will make a better person out of it. I was talking to them that God is the source of everything. It's like fish out of water dies. It's just a matter of time you take fish out of water and it will perish. It will die. Why? Because it needs the environment of water to stay alive, to breathe, to have oxygen. It's the same thing with you and I. We can't survive without the Almighty. We can't survive without God. He's the source of our lives. When you uproot a tree, from the soil. It's a matter of time. It dies. And it's the same thing with you and I. You, you uproot us. You disconnect us from our creator and we are done. We are finished. And it doesn't matter how successful you become in this life, what you achieve in this life. You can become the governor and the president and the whatever of this world. And it still means nothing as long as God is concerned if that is not the reason and the purpose for which you were created and the reason and the purpose for which you came into this world. You will die as a puppet. You will die as one that never had satisfaction or fulfillment because you were out of the will of God and you were out of alignment with your creator and with the reason for which you came. Money is not everything. People pursue money in life and just think everything is about money, 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 money. Don't be fooled. Hear me. Money cannot answer everything. The richest man in Europe in the time during the lockdown, he had over $23 billion and he died of COVID in the hospital all alone and he was crying, can't breathe, can't breathe, can't breathe. And the billions of dollars could not buy him breath. So there come a time when money fails. Money has an expiry date. Power has an expiry date. All these material things we follow after. And people think, well, if I have more money, I'll be accepted and I'll be loved. Love doesn't come by money. If somebody loves you because of your money, it's no true love. See, I hear you. If you want acceptance or recognition through money, you missed it. And it looks like people leave and all they do is to pursue and to kill and to steal and lie and scheme and do everything. Money, money, money. And they think that the more money they have, the better life they can. Money doesn't give peace. Yeah. Money can buy you the, the most expensive bed in this world, but money can't give you sleep. Yeah, you can lie on the most expensive bed and pillow and yet that doesn't make you sleep. Sleep is a gift from God. It comes from God. You can't buy it. If people can buy sleep, then a lot of people won't sleep in this world. Then the billionaires and those with money will buy all the sleep in this world that no one else can sleep apart from them. You can't buy it. You can't buy life. Say, I hear you. And so it's important that we stay connected with one another. And, and, and his arrogance and his pride and his ignorance when you feel like I don't need anybody. I, I'm good. I'm good by myself. I, I can make it all by myself. You cannot make it all by yourself. You're going to need somebody. Somebody say, I hear you. You're going to need somebody. Two is better than one. One shall put a thousand to fly. Two shall put ten thousand to fly. 
Everybody needs somebody. Maybe you don't realize it right now, but there will come a time in your life and in all of our lives when you will realize and recognize that you need somebody. So be careful how you treat and how you handle people when you are the top or when you made it or you are in a position that it's better than someone else. Be careful how you treat people. Be careful how you handle people because you never know who you will need tomorrow and realize that it's always better and good to stay with a tribe and the family and the community than being all by yourself. Don't be a something. Put your hands together and give God praise. Come with me to Hebrews 6, 4 to 6. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened mm -hmm. and have tasted of the heavenly gifts mm -hmm. and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost mm -hmm. and have tasted of the good work, the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, mm -hmm. if they shall fall away. Underline that word, if they shall fall away. Mm -hmm. To renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. You see, he said, if if, if, if they shall fall away. So there is that possibility. It's difficult, but it can happen. Why can it happen? When you are not held accountable, when you are not involved with the tribe, when you are not part of any department in the church, you are just all by yourself. And especially in these days of virtual church and Christianity, where you serve, you worship, you do everything online. You are not part of anything. A part of any group. Nobody holds you accountable. It's very, very easy. I, I promise you and I guarantee you, it's very easy to fall away. That is a possibility. And even if you are in the church and you are not part of like the Wednesday Bible studies and the fasting and the, and the Friday all night, you're not part of, you're just Sunday uh, believer, Sunday worshiper. That's it. You are not part of the Wednesday Bible studies. You don't come to Friday all night. You are just all by yourself and you just show up on Sunday morning and that is it. You don't fast once or twice a week. It's a matter of time. You can backslide. And there's a difference between backsliding and falling away. You see, falling away is when you turn your back at God. At God. But that can happen if you are not involved in anything and if you are the kind of believer that eats seven days in a week, three times a day, you are controlled by your flesh. You are controlled by your flesh. Your spirit has no control over you. You are a carnal Christian. It's just a matter of time you will fall away. I guarantee you, I'm telling you. I've seen people in church and in this house and in some of our branches and I could easily tell that this one will not last because they have no sense of commitment and values and character, Christian character. They, 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 they weren't serious about the things of God. It's just about showing up on Sunday morning and then give a tithe and an offering here and then the rest of the week, they just live their life and do whatever they want to do and Sunday morning they show up and they are not part of any groups in the church. They, they don't join the fasting. They don't join the Wednesday Bible studies. They are not part of the all night. They are just doing their own thing. They live on themselves. Nobody can instruct them. Nobody can talk to them. Nobody can correct them. Nobody can rebuke them. They are masters of their own life. They know the Bible for themselves. They, they leave every subject of the Bible. They know it. They go online today where everything is online. They Google this, they Google that. They have answers for everything, but they have no personal relationship with God. They have no experience. 
They haven't encountered and experienced God for themselves. For the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What does it mean by seeing God? Experience God, encounter God. They haven't encountered or experienced God Almighty for themselves because they are all by themselves, masters of their own life, doing what they please, Googling every subject they want to and have answers for everything, but no personal relationship. That is not you. Tell somebody, Papa, it's not talking about you. It's not you. It's not talking about you. It's talking about somebody else. And so it means that after you have encountered all these things and encountered the powers of the world to come and, and spoken in other tongues full of the Holy Ghost and, and experienced God's deliverance and salvation and the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, that there is a possibility you can fall away. And the Bible says when that happens, it's difficult to restore such a person. And I've seen people like that, even preachers, who were in the faith and they, 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 they fell away. And the only reason why things like that could happen to them, and they were good, they were very successful, good preachers, good teachers, but at the point of time, they were bigger in their own eyes. The Bible says, for thou was perfect from the day that thou was created until iniquity was found in you. What is iniquity? Lawlessness. And the Bible said that when you were small in your own eyes, small, but now you are big, and great in your own eyes. So it has to do with the way you perceive, the way you see things. He said, when you were small in your own eyes, I picked you up as a shepherd from the sheepfold and set you on your master throne when you were small in your own eyes. But now you become big in your own eyes, huge in your own eyes, that you feel and believe that you are bigger and better than everybody in town. Nobody can touch you, preach than everybody, prophesy than everybody, successful than everybody. You have the numbers. Nobody can match you, whether it's numbers or money or assets or possession or houses or lands or buildings. You, you have abundance of everything and therefore you find it difficult to submit to anybody and to relate to anybody. And you relate to everybody on your own terms, on your terms, not on everybody, anybody's terms because you are better than everybody, successful than everybody. You are fooling yourself. It's a matter of time. Nobody has it all. Nobody has it all. Nobody has it all. Put your hands together and say, no one, no one has it all. God never gave it to one person. He never gave all to one person. That's why to some he gave apostles and to some prophets and to others teachers and to some pastors and to others evangelists. No one has it all. God never made it that way. So that everybody needs somebody. And that is where humility and humanity comes in. Because when one person has it all and doesn't need anybody else, then we're in trouble. We're in trouble. And there are people like that in this world where they feel like, I have it all. I know it all. And when they come to that place, they don't share with anybody. And they don't help anybody but themselves. And it doesn't matter how big, that's why the rich are becoming richer and the poor are becoming poorer because the rich become so rich, the success becomes so successful and that they don't care about others but themselves. And it doesn't matter what they achieve, they'll never help anyone else to achieve anything but themselves. And the only way they will help you is when you are under their command. If you don't submit to them and bow to them, 
and become a slave or a servant to them, they will never help you to achieve anything because it's about them. But I say that prosperity, that does not reflect in the life of others is poverty. Because prosperity, are you clapping? Come on somebody, are you clapping? If you are clapping, you better do it like you are doing it. Hallelujah. Because I want you to hear me in life. Prosperity. Success is never given to one person. Success and prosperity is given for the benefit of others. It's always about others. In the book of Ephesians, it says, Let him that stole steal no more. Look at it for me. But rather, let him work hard. Let him work hard. And to have that which is good that he may share it with others. Look at it. Let him that steal, steal no more. Let him that stole, steal no more. Uh -huh. Rather, let him labor working with his hands. Let him what? Labor working with his hands. Go ahead. The thing which is good. The thing which is good. What is the thing which is good? Money is good. It is the love of money that is evil. But money is good. Money is a tool. Money is an instrument. Money is a vehicle. But what is evil is where money takes the place of God in your life. And that is the problem with this world. There are two things everybody can worship in life or worship. God and mammon, money. Two things that controls people, God or money. What controls you, God or money? Go ahead. That he may, be, he may have to give to him that needed. You see why we work? From God's perspective, and as long as God is concerned, and how God defines success is that you should work hard with your hands to have not for you or for your children but for the needy for those who have need until you get this revelation as long as god is concerned you are a disappointment please hear me and hear me well tell somebody look at them in the eye and tell them until you get this revelation according to god you are a disappointment you tell them tell don't be afraid of them I, I, I authorize you. I give you the mandate to say so. Tell them. And this is the problem with the world today. Everybody is working hard to get, to get, to get, to get. For what? A young man came to see me. He had so many businesses and he was doing this and doing everything. He was into everything. The only thing he wasn't selling was human parts. He was selling even toilet rolls, everything. And I asked him, I said, why do you want money? Why do you want money? He said so many things, he couldn't answer me. He couldn't answer me. And I said, I said, young man, you're in trouble. You're really in trouble. Because he doesn't know why he wants money. He just wants money because he feels like when I have money, I'll be accepted. I'll be recognized. I'll be loved. I'll be wanted. I'll become relevant. But you don't need money to be relevant. I was talking to them this morning at the school about vision. And I was talking about provision. Provision. What does that mean? That provision is to fulfill vision. Provision is to fulfill vision. And what you need in life is not provision. You need vision. Because where there is vision, there will always be provision.
Most of the successful people in this life who are billionaires, they didn't come on the scene with provision. They came on the scene with the vision. And it was the vision that brought the provision. If you can find the solution to the need of your community or humanity, you've made it. Because people won't give you their provision. They will not give you their substance unless you meet a need in their life. You don't pay a doctor unless you are, you are sick and you go to see the doctor, then you pay a fee. Whether it's a lawyer, there are so many expertise in life. When people render services to meet a particular need, you give them your provision. So provision is not just there for everybody. It's for those with a vision and those going somewhere. Put your hands together and give God praise. Are you clapping? I find your clapping and your attitude very, very suspicious. The way you are acting and clapping is very, very clear to me that you want me to preach something to make you happy, but I'm not going to do that. So if it's not true, then put your hands together and give God a better praise. Have the right kind of attitude. Hallelujah. Say, I hear you. So that is the reason why we work. We work to make money, to achieve, to have success, to have money, and to have that thing which is needed to give it to those who have need of it. True success has nothing to do with members and numbers and achievement, goals and anything you have. True success has everything to do with the difference you made in the life of others. Until you become the reason why someone, is, someone else is laughing or somebody else is happy or somebody else is blessed, you are not blessed. You are not blessed. You are selfish. You are selfish. I was saying that the crisis of visionary, selfless leadership on the continent of Africa today is very strong. I was talking to the young generation that we need a generation that will rise up like the Mandela's. Selfless leaders like the Kwame Nkrumahs who at independence of Ghana students said, Ghana, Ghana, free forever. But then he placed a caution in his address and statement on our independence and said that the independence of the nation of Ghana is totally meaningless until it is connected to the total freedom and liberation of the continent of Africa. That is a visionary. That is a selfless leader. And that was what destroyed him. We live in a society where we have self-hatred for one another. Anybody can come from any country, Togo, anywhere, to this country and make it and we'll celebrate him. But let a Ghanaian try to make it, they'll kill you. They'll come after you. They'll pull you down. Where do you think you are going? We'll all belong here. Sit here, please. Don't try and do anything. That mentality. Ghanaians have traveled. I've seen Ghanaians all over the world. I was in Singapore many years ago and I went to a house of a Ghanaian, a professor. And he lived in a very beautiful, nice community. He was the only Ghanaian or black person or an African who lived in that area. And I said to him, uh, I said, this is a very nice area. Do you have anybody from Africa? He said, no, 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 no. I don't and I'm not going to help anybody from Africa here. And I said, what's your problem? He said, Papa, if anybody, especially a Ghanaian, gets to see where I'm staying and the privileges I have, I'll lose my job. 
I was in Boston and I prayed for people who were looking for jobs. And after the service, the guy who drove me around uh, worked with this multinational company. And I said to him, sir, can you find a job for some of these brothers and sisters? He said, Papa, no. I said, what do you mean by no? You're selfish. He said, Papa, you don't understand. I tried to get jobs for some of my Ghanaians to help them out. And I showed them ways and means how to rise in the company. And they went to report me to the authority, undermine me, and I almost lost my job. So I've decided that when I see a Ghanaian, I will give them money, but I won't show them the way. You are, you are not clapping. Tell somebody, say, you are not clapping. You are not clapping. What's wrong with you? Yeah. He said, I will just give them some money, but I won't show them how to make it because they will find ways to bring me down. Turn to somebody and say, why are you like that? You, why are you like that? Why are you like that? Yeah. You may not realize it, but that is the problem in this society. That we fight our own. Somebody can come from any of the countries around us here and we'll celebrate them and make them heroes and we fight our own. We oppose our own. We have self-hatred. We bring down our own. Why are we like that? Something is wrong. I'm praying for the rising up of a generation that will break that mentality, break that vicious cycle in our politics, in our churches, at the marketplace, that there will come a new generation of leaders and men and women in this country, in our society, that believes in one another and celebrates one another. Come on, somebody, if you are not a suspect, put your hands together, do something. I was telling them at the service this morning, I said, until we have a national agenda as a nation, we're not going anywhere. We have to be very deliberate about it. And I said it over and over again. And I pray that a generation will rise up and hear me. That this country and the nations of Africa, we need a national agenda that all parties and stakeholders are committed to for at least 30 years. That any party that comes into office follows that national agenda, uses the resources, skill, and everything we have as a nation to push that national agenda for 30 years. Then after that, we can be campaigning and doing all the crazy stuff we are doing. But until then, there will be no continuity. Until then, every party that comes into office will set aside what their predecessors did before they came. They'll destroy it to also prove a point that they are better than their predecessors and then those in opposition will undermine, sabotage you until you leave office and they come and it's to be a vicious cycle. We'll be spending tax people's money, resources, energy, time and everything to be fighting one another and the nation will not go anywhere. I was just in Dubai came back yesterday. They have six, seven lines everywhere in the city. And a man rose up under 50 years ago who was a visionary and a selfless leader. That I want to make this desert 
a place that the nations can come here, spend their money, bring their money here, a tax-free place to invite the world to come here. I'm told that Dubai Airport right now is, is the most busiest airport in the world than Heathrow. We never saw police anywhere. My wife was asking me, where are the police? There's no police, but the police are there. But you don't see them. It's a law-abiding society. It's a compliance-driven society. Nobody will arrest you. When you break the law, you report. You arrest yourself. Yeah, yeah, you arrest yourself. They will send you a ticket. You pay for this. Everything has consequence. You break this law, you pay. You do this, you pay. So when you steal, you arrest yourself. The, 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 the society is so programmed in a way that nobody steals, nobody touches anything. The whole place is clean. Everywhere is clean, neat. Under 50 years, one man, a visionary, rose up one day and said, I have a dream. I have a dream to turn the desert into a 21st century city and community where the nations will come to us. Oh, that God will give us selfless leaders, visionary leaders, who love country enough to do something for country in their lifetime that they will be remembered by history and posterity as leaders that came into office and were game changers, change a culture, change a community, and raise up men and women with paradigm shift mentality. Put your hands together if you are not a suspect. There is nothing wrong with the color of our skin. Nothing wrong with the color of our skin. There's nothing wrong with me as a black person, nor you as a black person or an African. It has everything to do with our mentality and our thinking. We need a paradigm shift. We need to change the way we think and perceive and see things and one another. And we have to stop killing and destroying one another to begin to appreciate, celebrate, and love one another. If you are not a suspect, it's a good place to put your hand together and scream and shout and say something. You see how weak your clapping is? Your clapping is so weak because you are a suspect. You don't want to change. Hallelujah. Come with me please to Philippians 2.12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He said, work out your own salvation. So salvation is not automatic. You have to work it. You have to work it. Tell somebody, work it, work it, work it. Tell somebody else, keep working it, keep working it. That's the right word, keep working. You have to keep working this thing till we live here. Hear me? To be successful in our work with God has nothing to do with how much money you have and numbers or houses or buildings or property or forget it. All those things means nothing. It's how you finish the race. That's it. It's how you end this race. Until the day you end this race, you are not yet successful. I'm telling you, you are not. Better is the end of everything than the beginning. It's how you end. Because it doesn't matter where you are, you can miss it. I'm telling you. Let him that thinks he stands, take heed, lest he fall. 
I've seen too much in life and in ministry. I've seen the rising and the falling of kings, kingdoms and of heroes and of great men and women. I have no confidence in myself but in the living God. Paul said, I am of those who have no confidence in myself but in God. For by strength shall no man prevail. I believe God than in believing myself. Never get to a place where you think you have achieved so much, written so much, book, done so much that you are the biggest and better than everybody. Hear me? Help others. And in helping others, you'll be disappointed. You'll be betrayed, but keep doing it. You have to keep doing it. Because among a thousand, even if you find one among the thousand who remembers, what you've done is okay. But the thing why we don't help people is we want to be appreciated. But hear me. This is not about being appreciated. You are an instrument. You are a vessel. You see the tube that water goes through? It doesn't ask for appreciation. No? You open the tap and the water just what? Flows. And nobody goes back to say to the line, thank you. When you put a seed in the ground and it germinates, do you tank the ground? Everybody is doing their job. When you help people, you are doing your job. When you bless people, you are doing your job. Who rewards you? Who rewards us? Who rewards us for the good we do? It's God and God alone. Say God and God alone. You see, what we have forgotten is that you, you reap what you sow. Be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth that, he shall what? Reap. So if you sow good, you reap good. If you sow evil, you reap evil. One of the problems with the struggle of our flesh and our humanity and errors and, and iniquity and transgressions and sin is the fact that we, we don't understand consequence. Uh, we believe that God will forgive. Yes, he will forgive. But you see, one of the things you should watch is this. Let's say you have a sex, you have sex with a woman. And you go to God and repent. He will forgive you. Yes, you are forgiven. But nine months after, the lady will come and say, I'm pregnant. I'm what? I can't hear you. Why, why are you acting that way? Come on, somebody. You are what? Uh -huh. What is that? The consequence of your action. But are you forgiving? Yes. But why is she pregnant? The seed you sow. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together if you are not a suspect. Talk to me. Amen. So if you are sowing a good seed, you must never be discouraged and you must never stop sowing good seed because no matter how long it takes, you will reap the good you have sown. It's a matter of time. Put your hands together if you believe it, then you're not a suspect. Yeah. But if you are looking at men and women to reward you, to be nice to you, to remember you, you will never sow. If you observe the wind, you never sow. Yeah. So I have blessed people over the years. That's why Paul said the other day, he said, we have made many rich and we are poor. We've made many rich and we are poor. What it means is that we've made the life of many better than ourselves. 
That poor means we've helped people to be better than ourselves. And there are some that never remember. Oh yes, I, I can mention names and I don't want to. That I've helped over the years and the decades. And some think they are better than me. Yeah, they think they are better than me. Some used to hold my Bible. Today they think they can preach better than me because they have, they can make all kinds of researches and things and come up with all kinds of statements and things that Papa doesn't have. Forget it. A lot of things don't impress me anymore. Some of the things you want me, I don't want it. You know, somebody was talking, say, Papa, Papa, if you do this and you do that, you train, you see, you, you got to train, 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 you see, you, you have to train. And I say, eh, Mr. Train, keep trending. I just want to be who I am by the grace of God. Are you hearing me, somebody? If I'm trending, fine. But that is not what drives me. That is not what moves me. That is not, that is not my motivation and my motive. When I preach, I want to bless people. I'm not preaching so I, they, I, you are trending. You are trending. It's all madness. Yeah. It's madness. As long as I'm concerned, that doesn't impress me at all. I'm not studying to be seen or to be known or to have numbers. I, I've gone past that. I'm above that by God's grace. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Oh, I, I can't feel you. Somebody say hallelujah. Okay, let me show you one or two scriptures quickly. Come with me to Revelation 3. Revelation 3, 5. Revelation 3, 5. Mm -hmm. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. Hear this. So this scripture eh, is so scary. If you are not afraid of this scripture, then you are not born again. And if you are, something is really wrong with you. Listen again. He said, What? He that, he that overcometh, uh -huh. the same shall be clothed in white raiment. Uh -huh. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. I will not what? Blot out his name. I will not what? Blot out his name. That means that if you don't overcome, your name can be blotted out of the book of life. That's why you got to fight to the end. Tell two people, fight to the end. Yeah, you have to fight to the end. That means there are things in our lives we have to deal with on a daily basis. All kinds of behaviors. Our humanity. Attitudes. Looking down on people. Despising people. Lies. Gossiping. Insecurity. Even that thing called fear. Anything done without faith is sin. There are so many struggles everybody goes through. Your struggle is not mine, and mine is not yours. Your strength is not mine, and mine is not. Everybody is dealing with something. So you have to be very careful that you don't become critical of anybody, judging anybody, or trying to pay anybody evil for evil or evil for good. Don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. Don't do it. Years ago, a couple came to see me and the wife told me some very deep things about their marriage that the husband didn't know. And years after, I don't remember what I did to the woman, but she left the church and took the husband out of the church and she went around saying all kinds of things about me. And I said, has she forgotten all she told me about herself? And then I had a check from the Holy Spirit that don't even try it. Don't, tell somebody, don't even go there. Don't even go there. Yeah, yeah, don't go there. And for years, she kept on saying things about me. And when I remember what she told me, 
All I had to do is to call the husband and tell him one or two things. And then I just realized that that is carnality. Carnality of the highest order. That I could not go there. And many, many years after, they came back to the church. Yeah. And I felt so good of myself that I didn't spoil anything. And I kept everything to myself. I didn't say anything. Are you hearing me, somebody? Put your hands together. It's a good place to put your hands together and to thank God. Amen. He said, He that overcomes, I will not blot his name out of the book of life. That means this life is a fight. Fight the good fight of faith. That's why Paul said the other day, he said, I have finished my course. I have fought what? A good fight and I've kept the faith. It's a fight to the end. Tell somebody, fight to the end. Fight to the end. Be deliberate about it. Yeah. To the end. Let me show you another scripture. Let me show you another scripture. Come with me to Matthew 24 and 13. Matthew 24 and 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. He that shall endure to the he end. He that shall endure unto he the end. He that shall endure to, to the what? end. To the end. So if you don't endure to the end, what happened? Hello? Why are you not answering me? Why are you looking at me that way? I'm talking to you. Answer me. He that does not endure to the end shall not be saved. Shall not be saved. Not be saved. That must wake you up. And that must tell you that you can't fool and play with God or your salvation. It doesn't matter what the struggle is. You have to keep fighting till you get to a point where you have it under control. No one has the answer to themselves. And hear me. You are only truly safe at the end of the journey. You know, I was told by a preacher, an old man, before he died, he called his children and grandchildren and gathered them all around his bed and said, come and let me show you how a Christian must die. Yeah. And they all gathered around his bed and he gave up the ghost and said to them, this is how a Christian must die. Wow. Turn to someone and say, wow. Yeah. Say, bring everybody together. Gather them around my bed and let me show them the way to go. The way to step out of time into eternity. That is true success. And until that day, you are not successful. So humble yourself. It's how you finish. Not where you are now. Not what you have. Don't let it get into your head. Because you can lose it. We know you are blessed by that word of God. And look forward to you joining the messages of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams again. For more information on our events, books and messages, please visit NDW Ministries online at www.ndwministries.org or call our offices 
on plus one eight seven seven three six one five one one one. Once again, thank you for joining the Archbishop today, and may you continue to experience the life-transforming power of God's blessings. <laughs>